Hey, what's happening, Hills Church? Uh, my name is Pastor Derwin L. Gray. I'm the co-founder of Transformation Church in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. A couple of things I want to say. Number one is I am from the state of Texas. Born and bred, I am a Texas guy through and through. Grew up in San Antonio, played high school football at the Converse Judson High School. Secondly, um, I love your pastor. I love Pastor Rick. I love what y'all are doing, not just in the DFW area, but your influence extends beyond. And I love this idea of every nation, every generation, every nation, every generation. And I love that because it is thoroughly biblical. Um, it, is, it is beautifully gospel. And in a moment, we're going to see that this Christmas season is about God saying, I want my family back. And in God's family is every nation and every generation. The way we say it at Transformation Church, and it's the exact same thing as we say this, we are a multi-ethnic, multi-generational community. Why are we those things? It's because God loves everybody. Not everybody, but everybody. There's only one race, the human race, comprised of different ethnicities, a beautiful array of ethnicities, and we are different generations. And on a side note, I'm 50 years old, and I've come to the conclusion. Now, this is probably not biblical, but I've come to the conclusion that if you are over 70 years old, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm convinced. At 70, just do whatever you want to do. Okay, I'm just joking, but you get my point, though. All right, let's dive into the message. But before we do, let's pray. Pray with me. Come, Holy Spirit, in power and glory and beauty. Magnify King Jesus, Israel's Messiah, and the world's true Lord, he lived and he died and he rose again to give his father every nation, every generation, blood-bought, spirit-filled and sealed family. Open our eyes to the beauty of Christmas. Open our eyes to the glory of Christmas. Open our eyes to the glory of your redemptive purpose for the world and for our lives. I thank you for this incredible church. We pray this in Jesus' name and God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. When you think about Christmas, I'm, I'm sure there's some family traditions that you may have. And so the first thought of Christmas season is this. Um, the Christmas season reminds us of family. Uh, what are some of the traditions that you do? Like for us, we, we like watching the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, now that my kids are, my daughter's 25, my son is 21, it's, it's cool to have them home and we can have conversations and, and it just reminds us of family. Uh, years ago, way back in the day, so for you millennials and Gen Z, you may not know this, but, but let me give you a little education. There used to be a song called, We Are Family. As you can tell, I'm not on the worship team. But oftentimes when we think about salvation, we think about it individualistically. Even the way we say things like this, my personal relationship with 
Jesus. Like, I get the sentiment. Like, like God wants us to know him personally, but it's just not me in a personal relationship with Jesus. God individually rescues me from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the son he loves to be a part of a family. Now, Hills Church, I want you to grab this. I want you to hold this. God's greatest goal is not to send us to heaven when we die. If that was the case, the moment we say yes to Jesus, we would die and quote unquote go to heaven. God's greatest goal is to have a people after his own name who are filled with the life of his son, who have allegiance to his son, and through the Spirit's power, bring heaven to earth as Jesus prayed, that we are glimpses of a foretaste of a new heavens and a new earth, but it's accomplished through a family. Everything God does for me through his grace is so that I can be a good brother and the Father's family. Christmas reminds us that Yahweh keeps his promise, which is the covenant. Yahweh, uh, biblical scholars call the name of God the tetragramnation from Exodus 3.14. God tells his people through Moses, my name is I am that I am, the great I am. In Hebrew, it, it's not pronounceable. The closest we can get is Yahweh or Jehovah, but what it means is this, the self-existent eternal mighty one. Uh, we have a God who's transcendent yet imminent and covenantal. A covenant means this, I am going to be your God. All you need to do is be my people. I'm gonna give you the grace. I'm gonna give you the power. I'm gonna give you the mercy. I'm gonna give you love. I'm gonna give you all that you need. All you need to do is simply trust me. So Jesus, Israel's Messiah, comes to earth in a family, right? He comes to earth in a family to display that God the Father wants his family that he promised Abraham. That's the promise or the covenant. Let's look at Zechariah. We're gonna look at Luke 1, 67 through 73. Zechariah was John the Baptist's father. He was an old man. He was a priest. And let's look what happens. Luke chapter one, verse 67. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and provided redemption for his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. Let me explain here. Horn of salvation is Old Testament language for God's strength. His servant David or the house of David is that the Messiah would come through the Davidic kingdom. God is a promise keeper. Through David's lineage, the Messiah would come. It goes on. Just as he spoke by mouth of his holy prophets in ancient times, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. Quickly. For the Jewish people in the first century, second temple Jewish context, they were under Roman occupation and Roman oppression. Romans ruled 
Israel. They dominated the Jewish people. And the Jewish people were looking for the Hamashiach or the Messiah to remove the Romans. In other words, they wanted God to make Israel great again, but Jesus came as the Hamashiach, the Messiah, to show how great God was and that he was gonna liberate the Romans from sin, liberate the Jews from sin through the blood of his son to create this blood-bought, beautiful, every nation, every generation family. Verse 72, he has dealt mercifully with our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. In Genesis 11, God's people scatter. They were rebellious. God scattered them. Genesis 12, God tells Abram, whom he changes his name to Abraham through you, Abraham. I'm gonna give you a big old family, as numerous as the stars, and it's gonna be made up of all the people of the earth. In other words, on every nation, every generation family. So listen, the Hills Church, this is so important. When Pastor Rick and, and, and the leaders and, and those you trust, when they begin to talk about every nation, every generation church, it's not because of the culture, it's because of Christ. Christ for God so loved the world. He doesn't divvy up his love for certain people. His love is fully expressed on all the image bearers in all of their beautiful colors and cultures. He, he's, he's calling us. He has dealt mercifully with our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. So what is Yahweh's promise? What, what is Yahweh's holy Covenant. I, I want to compare two texts for us. Number one, he promises to father a every nation, every generation family. He promises to father an every nation, every generation family. Now, let me pause here. I know that there are many of you that the devil has made a stronghold in your mind that when you hear the words father, it's hard for you to see God that way. Well, I got some good news. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a good father. That's who he is. He is loving. He is just. He is beautiful. If you want to know what he looks like, he looks like Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus has always revealed the Father, and Jesus is good. Thus, the Father is good, and he wants you to cry out to him, Abba, Father. And he does that by grace. It's not something that we perform for. It's not something that we achieve. It's a gift that is received as we believe. Now, I want you to look at Genesis 12. And I want you to look at Galatians 3, 7 through 9. Genesis 12, 1 through 3 says this. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Now watch this. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now let's go to Galatians chapter three, seven through nine. For those of you who don't know, Galatians was, was the first letter that the apostle Paul wrote. The apostle Paul was a Pharisaical Jew in the school of Galileo, okay? So he was a Jew of a Jew of a Jew. He met Jesus and then reinterpreted all of Scripture around Jesus as the Messiah. Watch this. Galatians 3, 7 through 9. 
The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share in the same blessing of blessing Abraham received because of his faith. So understand this, the gospel is so much bigger than John 3.16. John 3.16, for God to love the world, only makes sense in light of Genesis 12, where God goes, I'm gonna father on every nation, every generation family. Now listen, in the DFW area, every nation and every generation is right where you are. And they need to know that there is a father who is looking for them in his son by the power of the spirit. The gospel of peace is on your feet. Who are you letting know that there is a God who says, I want to father orphans. I want to bring in the abandoned. I want to father the rejected. I want to heal the broken. That's the kind of father who is in pursuit of us through Jesus. Number two, he promises to rescue his every nation, every generation family from the great enemy. Luke 171 says this, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us. This is really important and I want us to marinate on this, okay? Once again, for a Jewish person in Jesus' day, they had Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement that forgave their sins. They had the Torah and the festivals and circumcision to show that they were faithful, observant Jews, okay? Now, they wanted to be delivered from Roman occupation and oppression. Jesus grew up as a poor Jewish man under the oppression of the Romans. Even the temple was controlled ultimately by the Romans. The Jewish people could not do anything without the Roman okay. So they wanted to have their land cleansed of the Gentiles. And Jesus is saying, I am gonna cleanse the land. I am gonna cleanse the world, but not the way you think. I'm going to do it through sacrifice. I'm going to do it through blood. I'm going to do it through a cross. I'm going to do it through self-giving, sacrificial love. That's how he did it. God ultimately wants to redeem us from the three great enemies, which is really an unholy trinity, sin. Um, sin means to miss the mark. What is the mark? The mark is Jesus. All of us know that inherently something is wrong. Something is broken. The second part of the unholy trinity is death. One out of one people die. One of my mentors told me year one of coming to faith, he said, son, listen to this. Everybody's in the checkout line of death. You just don't know where you are in the line. Well, we don't know where we are in the line, but we do know the one who broke death by killing it through the resurrection, that's Jesus. And then the other is the dark powers, the accuser, Satan, the devil, and his demonic demons. Now, hear me carefully. The devil is busy. Um, the devil is the father of lies. The only thing he can do is to get us to believe 
a lie. What we say at Transformation Church all the time is this, the scene of the crime is your mind. The way we defeat the devil when he bombards us with intrusive thoughts is not by fighting the intrusive thoughts, but by replacing the intrusive thoughts with God's thoughts about how he feels about us, that in Christ we're righteous, that in Christ we're God's friends, that in Christ we are reconciled to God, that in Christ we are holy and sacred and pure and temples of the Spirit, that in Christ all that we ever hope to be is found in him. The devil cannot withstand that type of truth. The truth will set you free Hills Church, question. When you have a conversation, do you talk to yourself as though you are someone that is loved by the infinite king of the universe? If not, begin to speak to yourself the way God speaks over you in Christ. The enemy cannot handle that. John 10.10 says this, a thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. When you look at teen suicide going up, when you look at opioid addiction and the toll that it's taking, when you look at crime, I mean, there's just so much that's broken. And so Hills Church, every nation, generation is the heartbeat of Jesus, and Jesus right now is seated at the right hand of his Father. So if Jesus is seated at the right hand of his Father, interceding for us, how does he move on earth? He moves on earth through you and me. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're going, well, 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 well Pastor Derwin, um, I'm not Pastor Rick, and, and I'm not on staff, and, and I'm not this, and, and I'm not that. Listen, you may not be those things, but Jesus doesn't need you to be those things. Jesus needs you to allow him to be him in you. Never forget this. Jesus gave his life for us, to give his life to us, to live his life through us. He's not looking for qualified people. He is calling the unqualified and his blood qualifies him and his spirit qualifies them. And your mission is wherever your sphere of influence is. Begin to cry out to God. Every nation and generation, bring them to me. Number three, he promises to give his every nation, every generation family a new status, baptized. In the words of Nacho Libre, baptizo, to be baptized. Uh, so often we minimize this incredible act of being baptized. Maybe this illustration will help. So, I've been wearing a wedding ring on my left finger for nearly three decades, 29 years. On May 23rd, 1992, it'll be 30 years. Met my wife when I was 18, she was 19. I was a freshman in college. We've been together ever since. Well, this wedding ring says, I am a husband. It, it gives me an identity. This wedding ring also says that I am set apart. So my identity and my set-apartness for Vicky determines my function, which is to love her as Christ loved the church. So when a person is baptized, it is an external symbol of an internal 
eternal reality. To, to go down into water is to die with Jesus on the cross to be buried in a tomb. And when you come up and when you, let me say it again, when you raise up, that is symbolic of raising up to Christ with Christ in new life. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, he grabbed you, he grabbed me, he grabbed in every nation, every generation family and said, you're mine and through the spirit, I'm gonna live inside of you. That's our new identity, not our past, not our failures, not our accomplishments, but the blood of Jesus. How do I know? Or the Bible tells me so. Galatians 3.27 says this, and all, in the words of the great philosopher Forrest Gump, I'm not a smart man, didn't I? But all means all. And all who've been united in Christ. So that means all Jewish people, all Latino people, all Asian people, all black people, all white people, all people who trust Christ have been united with Christ in baptism and have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. So, Hills Church, if every person who's been baptized into Christ has put on Christ, then to be racist or to be prejudiced towards another follower of Christ is to be racist and prejudiced against yourself because we're all united to Christ and we're all clothed in Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that our ethnic distinctions are obliterated. It means that they are celebrated. What if we celebrated each other's ethnicities in Christ the way we celebrate ethnic food? What if we valued each other and embraced the beautiful ethnic differences that God has made? We're not to be colorblind. We're to be color blessed. God did not make a mistake giving me this beautiful cocoa chocolatey skin. He didn't make a mistake with you. And the culture and the context, he redeems it. And what happens is what's in you brings out the best in me. And what's in me brings out the best in you through the Holy Spirit's power. And together as God's people, we're every nation and every generation. And the world is looking and standing by going, oh, that's what Jesus looks like. That's what love looks like. And you best believe the devil doesn't want that. Galatians 3.28 says this, there's neither Jew nor Greek. In other words, ethnic Jews are not supreme over Gentiles and Gentiles are not ethnically supreme over Jews. There is only one supremacy and that's the supremacy of Christ. Slave or free deals with economics. That the Garbage collectors treated the same as the CEO because Jesus spilled equal amount of blood for everybody. Male and female, men and women are different. Of course we're different, but we're co-heirs in Christ. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. As Dr. Tony Evans would say, let us embrace our oneness. And by the way, our culture, which I believe is influenced by dark powers, is saying no, don't embrace your oneness. Don't embrace unity within diversity. So often we allow politics to shape us instead of Christ and his gospel shaping us. Christmas reminds us to share the promise 
with the lost. Luke 172 says this, he has dealt mercifully with our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. So all that the nation of Israel put God through, he goes, I'm gonna continue to love you because of your father Abraham. And then the echoes that reverberated throughout the Old Testament are fulfilled in the Hamashiach, the Messiah. Christmas is about Israel's Messiah coming, the true Lord, the eternal Son of God, along with the Father and the Spirit, the Redeemer, the Savior, the one who comes to give God this blood-bought, blood-washed, Spirit-sealed and filled, every nation, every generation, family. Look at Galatians 3.16. Now the promises, this is speaking of the covenant, God keeps his promise. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham. The name Abraham means father of many. And to his seed. He did not say and to seeds as though referring to many, but referring to one and to your seed who is Christ, who is the Messiah, King Jesus. Listen, King Jesus came not just to save little old Derwin, not just to forgive little old Derwin. Little old Derwin is thankful for salvation. I am thankful for forgiveness. But King Jesus, the seed of Abraham, came to not just die and redeem me, but the whole world, and he takes us, and he says, come to my father. He keeps his promise. When Jesus was on the cross, in essence, he's saying, my daddy keeps his promise. When Jesus was being nailed to the cross, he said, I'm not coming down because my dad is keeping his promise. When Jesus was dead on Friday and on Saturday, when he got up on Sunday, he announced to the world, my dad will keep his promise. And when he ascended on high, he spoke to the cosmos. He spoke to the demonic world. My daddy is a promise keeper. I am the seed that he promised. Our salvation is big. Theologians and scholars say it's, it's, it's cosmic. It's not just little old me. It's big old we. For King Jesus is glory. Every nation, generation, family. Look at Galatians 3.29. And now that you belong to Christ. Wow. Let's marinate here just for a minute. And now that you belong to Christ. Oh man, there's a lot of things you and I can belong to. We can belong to a sorority. We, we can belong to a fraternity. We can, we, can, we can belong to a certain family. But there's nothing like belonging to Christ. There's nothing like belonging to the one that Isaiah saw in the temple. And all the angels could do is say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's something about belonging to the one who healed lepers, who touched prostitutes who rebuked the religious leaders. There's something about belonging to Jesus. You have been created to belong to Jesus and every nation, generation, family. The verse goes on. You are the true children of Abraham. 
So you are his heirs. You know what heirs means? It means that we're gonna have glorified, resurrected bodies in the new heavens and new earth. When we get to the new heavens and new earth, there's not gonna be a white section. There's not gonna be a Jewish section. There's not gonna be a black section. There's not gonna be an Asian section. It's gonna be this beautiful every nation, tribe, and tongue. And you know what we're gonna be doing? We're gonna be celebrating the one who was worthy to open the scrolls. We're gonna be celebrating King Jesus for how great of a salvation he has accomplished. And the rest of the verse says, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So the Hills Church from your sister church in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, every nation, generation, as we say here at Transformation Church, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, um, this isn't something that's new. This is something that's been eternally true. This is normal first century, second temple gospel theology and gospel missionality. This is what we have been created for. We're taking the gospel back. We're taking it back, meaning this, that God so loves the world and the world has come to D.F. W, the world has come to Charlotte, North Carolina, and King Jesus, the seed of Abraham, has impregnated us with his life, with his spirit, with his gospel to have unity and beauty, but also to be on mission to tell the world there's a father that loves you. Hills Church, what we do at Transformation Church, at the end, uh, I have a soul tattoo. That's kind of like, what do we take from this? The soul tattoo is this. Live as one who is included in the promise. Live as one who's included in the promise. Listen to this sermon over. Take notes on this sermon. Let it get deep down inside of you. You've got a big calling in 2022. What's our action step? Here it is. Reach the lost. Cultivate in every nation, every generation, unity. The world would know that Jesus came from the Father by our unity. On behalf of the Transformation Church family, love you guys. Peace. I'm out.